Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, our rights as consumers when it comes to big tech terms of use. I've always been interested in this topic because whether it's a social media app or some kind of electronic gadget, there always seems to be a lot of legal gobbledygook you have to agree to before you can actually start using it. And like pretty much everybody else on the planet, I have no idea what any of it means. I can't imagine actually reading through all of it. And even if I did, what would be the point exactly? So I asked an attorney. Rocco Yergin is on city council in the city of Green, is a partner at Young and Yergin, and is an expert in consumer protection law. For a lot of years, our firm focused on consumer protection. The big piece of our work had to do with dealership fraud and lemon law cases, so mostly around the purchase of automobiles. Over time, our firm has graduated into more transactional work, but we still do some lemon law cases. What I was particularly interested in hearing about, I got an email notice from Amazon having to do with my Ring camera. A lot of people have those. And I was surprised to see that they said they were changing their terms of service. And from now on, no matter what, if you had a dispute or a problem with your camera, you had to go through arbitration. And you could never sue them, and you could never enter into a class action lawsuit. And the reason was just because you're using our product, which I thought was kind of an overreach and unusual. Am I wrong in that? Am I looking at it the wrong way? No, I think you're looking at it exactly the right way. This is a big problem for consumers who are buying almost any product. Since about the mid-1990s, any time that you buy a car, a television, a phone, uh, you know, your, your ring service on your door. Most people don't realize that embedded in the contract is a, is a waiver that says you waive the right to take that supplier to court in the event that there's a problem. And instead, they put you in binding arbitration, which um, the problem with that is the consumer doesn't understand the rules. And the arbitration company purposely advertises to suppliers to hire them. So the indication would be that they are they're more slanted towards benefiting companies as opposed to a jury of your peers that you would have in a courtroom. I understand. So it seems to me that, I mean, aren't there laws that protect consumers for this kind of thing? For example, just because my car has Goodyear tires or any other kind of tires... Just because I'm using the tires doesn't mean that if somehow there was a defect that I can't sue them. Yeah. It's unfair, isn't it? So what the law says is that basically if you sign a contract and embedded in it is an arbitration clause in the fine print, maybe it's on page 2, maybe it's on page 10, maybe it's in very small letters, and, and nobody reads those documents, nobody gets to that provision, by virtue of the fact that it's in your contract, generally speaking, courts say you had an obligation to find it and read it. And if you didn't, uh, tough luck. It's an enforceable provision, generally speaking. Now, there's a couple of exceptions to that. One is if the provision is so unfair that the legal term is it becomes unconscionable, which basically means extremely unfair. 
then the courts will review it if your lawyer is sophisticated enough to raise that issue in court. We had a case called Eagle versus Fred Martin back in about 2003 that was uh, kind of a precedent-setting case in, in Ohio where the Ninth District Court of Appeals, which sits over Summit County, determined that an, on, that an arbitration clause was unconscionable because it imposed unfair fees on the consumers and it eliminated certain structural rights, certain substantive rights. The court says you can't do that. But what happens is the suppliers then read those court decisions and then they tweak their clauses to comply with the problems that the court found in the last decision. So it's almost like the virus, if you will, develops to get around the vaccine. And so now arbitration clauses in many cases are very hard to beat because they've been reviewed by courts to the point that some of them are untouchable. Well, didn't I hear some years ago that there was a decision in a lawsuit? It had to do, I forget exactly what the lawsuit had to do with, but the upshot of it was they said, well, it's in the terms of of use. And the response to that was, well, nobody reads those. And, and the court agreed. Nobody really does read those. So I think that the consumers kind of won out in that. Am I wrong in remembering that? Well, again, those type of cases are isolated. But usually, not to get too legally technical, there's two types of unfairness. One is procedural. Where is the clause? And the other is substantive. What rights does it affect? So courts you will look at, was the clause hidden? Did anybody know about it? Was it discussed? But if the terms the court determines are not unfair, then they're still enforceable, even if the consumer never saw the term, couldn't find it, didn't know about it. So basically, what we were faced with is kind of an education campaign. And I'm glad that you know stations like yours are letting the public know that almost any time that you buy a product, you're going to be faced with one of these clauses. And you should simply look for them and cross them out. <laughs> Just put your initials and cross them out. If people are wanting your business and want your sale, they'll respect the fact that you want to retain your constitutional rights. Well, and, you know, I can see that I could do that, let's say, if I was buying a car or a house, right, and I had documents to sign, and they were physical documents, and I was going through it, and I could see it, and I could physically cross that out. But when it comes to these technology, either applications or devices that you buy and that everybody relies on, it's not like you can, like, cross it out. You can't. I mean, you either use it or you don't. And according to this one I got from Amazon, it was like, as long as you're using this, then you agree to it. Even if you didn't agree to it, it's like, you're using it. And, you know, for something like this, it's like, I I actually have it attached to the side of my house. I mean, I literally have to go out and... (laughs) You know, pull it off the side of my house. Not, not that'd be hard to do, but you know what I mean. It's like this is a durable good that I have attached to my house. I've been using it for two years, and now they say, "Oh, by the way, you can't ever sue us ever, and you can't ever get into a class action lawsuit ever." And it's just by nature of the fact that you're using this. I mean, to me, I was flabbergasted. It's it's very offensive, isn't it? But here's what I would do if I got a notice like that in the mail. Remember. You know, Ring or whoever your company is is sending these out to hundreds of thousands of people probably, right? I would take that clause, cross it out, initial it, send it back with a one-sentence cover letter that says, I appreciate your product and continue to use it, but I reject your unilateral change of our contract. I intend to retain my constitutional rights. The probability is they're never going to respond to you. And now you've got something in writing 
that says, I reject your changing the contract. So if you called me as a lawyer and said, hey, I need your services because something terrible has gone wrong with my ring service, now you've got something in writing that says you've rejected their attempt to change the contract. And I think for me, that gives me enough to say there was no agreement to this change. Huh. Well, that's kind of cool. You know, because when it comes to something like, and, and again, I don't want to necessarily call ring out. It's just that that happened to come to my email and I was like, well, what? You know, but let's say something happened like, I don't know, somehow somebody hacked your ring camera and they used it to have access to your comings and goings, you know, and it was because there was a defect in their software programming. It seems to me that I should be able to sue them, right? Yeah, it does. And, and the companies are relying on the fact that consumers are going to blow past this because we, we all get junk mail. We get things relating to services and things that we're contracted to that don't mean anything. And our reflux is to shred it and put it in you know, our, our recycle bin, right? Um, but when these things come back, take a minute to read them because if they're altering your rights, give it back to them. They've given you a unilateral change of the contract. Cross it out and say, I disagree, and send it right back. Right. Well, in this case, it was an electronic communication, so I'd essentially have to find out Amazon's corporate office, I guess, and send them an email and say, you know, I think your product is swell, but I retain the right yeah. to sue you and if something bad happens, right? That's what I would do. And I would also, personally, I like a paper trail. I like to put it in paper, put it in a letter, send it to whatever address you can find relating to customer service, and now you've got your double protected. You send it by email, you send it in hard copy. Dear Jeff Bezos. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, any other advice for consumers then along these lines before we go? Well, just remember that your rights are being compromised in all of these transactions. And you have to be aware of that. So the fact that it needs to get on people's radar screen to say, you're being asked to do this without your knowledge is really key. And the best way to protect yourself is to find the clause, cross it out, whether it's at the time of the transaction or after the fact, and send it back. And if they want your business, they'll respect your constitutional rights. That was consumer litigation expert Rocco Yergin. You can find out more about him and his law practice at youngandyergin.com. In addition, if you'd like to find out more about your rights as a consumer, visit the Federal Trade Commission's website, ftc.gov, and look for Bureau of Consumer Protection. Also at the state level, you can file a consumer complaint through the Ohio Attorney General's office. Go to ohioattorneygeneral.gov. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.